Welcome to the Pop Culture Pop Quiz Podcast right here on COD Roadrunner Radio, your music, your voice, your station. The show where we talk about everything from the 90s and 2000s, all while asking ourselves the riveting question, does it still hold up in today's culturally sensitive climate? We'll let y'all be the judge of that. A slight listening discretion will be advised, as your faves are most likely to be criticized. Joining us today, all the way from Japan, Irashaimase, Honaka-san. Konnichiwa, I'm Honoka. Genki desu ka, Honaka-san? Hai, genki desu. All right, perfect. So on this show, we like to talk about everything, you know, sort of like nostalgia related in popular culture while asking ourselves, like, how does it hold up in today's generation? So with that being said, I kind of wanted to dive a little deep into how you feel Japanese are represented in the media in today's like sort of generation and everything. Where do you kind of stand on that level? In the media, Japanese people tend to be shown as nice people, such as shy. And I think it's correct. As Japanese, I think I respect people a lot and I'm kind to people. So yeah, the media, how they show Japanese are correct. Okay. And take notes, America. Like this right here is how y'all should be acting towards people. In that way, Sailor Mercury was everybody's favorite for real. You know, Miss Good Manners was being a good role model for y'all's kids. If my assumptions would be correct, Japanese people aren't really all about that sort of like cancel culture and like, you know, sort of hating on each other for no damn reason. Whereas over here, everybody's just kind of against everybody without kind of getting to the root of the problem, which is something that I've always respected about Japanese culture in general is that there's just a very like honorific way about interacting with your fellow peers yeah like getting along with people is the most important thing for japanese not like saying things whatever i want is not that important the important part is get along with people and be in the cycle absolutely why don't you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and what it was like growing up so i was i was born in tokyo as i mentioned earlier for my dad's jobs. Um, Oshigota? Yeah, Oshigota. We moved to Chiba when I was in elementary school. For most of my life, I grew up in Chiba. And in Chiba, it's one of the most famous and popular prefecture in Japan. So there are a lot of things to do, such as Disneyland and mm-hmm. baseball stadium, one of the biggest mall in Japan. So growing up, me and my friends always went to uh, the shopping mall after school. I used to go to Disneyland once a month or something like that. Well, for real? Yeah. <laughs> and Disneyland ticket is not as expensive as here. So it's easier to go. What's the usual price? Like how many yen? I believe it's like 80,000 yen, which is like $70. Okay. Oh, no, that sounds about right. I was just making sure, too, because to all our listeners out there, when trying to figure out and compare and contrast the currency rates of American dollars, USD to, you know, Japanese yen, I think the trick to that is kind of just like remembering to kind of like take the zeros into account. Would that be correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, the last time I had spent something when I converted U.S. dollars into yen, the total ended up coming out to, it was for, you know, concert tickets for Japanese franchise, Aidoremasta. And I ended up spending in total for both nights, it was 9,800 yen. Mm. 
I believe. So that's like $98 US, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay, okay. We're just making sure. We're making sure we got all the facts correct. But dang, you got to go to Disneyland like on a semi-regular basis. I always wondered what Tokyo Disneyland was like in comparison to like the American one that we have over here. Yeah, um, I've been to California Disneyland before. Mm-hmm. But um, some of the parts are were exactly the same. For example, the Caribbean thing, if you know what I mean. Um, Caribbean. Yeah, like Jack Sparrow. Yes. Yeah, that roller coaster thing was the exact same, even the doll in the area. Hmm, I would imagine. Yeah, the difference how big it is. Tokyo one is smaller than here. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. What else did you do, like, you know, growing up in that particular area of Japan, like, you know, shopping-wise locations and stuff like that? Chiba is really close to Tokyo, so after school, I often go to Tokyo and shop or go to park. It's one of my favorite park in Japan called Miyashita Paku and it's in Shibuya. I actually know where that is. Oh. Yeah, they've um, shown that before in some animes as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, it's one of the newest park. It's actually the building and the top roof. It's really comfortable to stay in because there are a lot of younger generation. Mm-hmm. So we can just chill there people like kind of walk their dogs and stuff too mm-hmm. okay very nice very nice indeed so when you would travel from you know like particular parts and stuff this was all through train yes exactly wow uh, the transportation in japan is really good i noticed how good it was in japan since i came here they announced if the train was delayed even three minutes and say apology oh yeah because you know people got places to be for real so yeah how do you think that compares to like the american transportation public transportation system over here in the states um i would say it's kind of bad here yeah because um even even today my bus didn't show up i walked to the next station next stop and i get i got in the bus but the stop that i always take off was closed so i had to walk back to school really yeah oh wow you still made it here though so that's the important bit to remember Mm -hmm. so you were a trooper for that (laughs) but i'm definitely not gonna lie that they do need to have a little bit of a much better system put into place that's for sure you know i mean i'd be taking ubers most of the time but even that like eats up my wallet and stuff so it's a pretty crazy bit around here i will say that and like if i don't have a car it's not easy to go around everywhere by myself because in japan it's really common not to have a license even they're adult because the transportation is really good yeah and i would assume that it's probably like you know that generally like walking places is a lot safer in comparison to like most countries and stuff like that yeah exactly okay yeah no that's good to know i wish everyone had more of like that either tokyo or even a new york city mindset where it's like if the transportation is really good then no need to like have every type of core in the world that's Mm -hmm. for sure okay well that's perfect and so when exactly did you make your journey all the way from japan over here to america i've been to los angeles two years ago which is 2021 you went during the pandemic yes i did oh my as long as you were safe um real quick before you continue further i just want to say like you know thank y'all so much for actually like you know wearing masks even if it wasn't a pandemic beforehand because i used to do that a lot anyway Mm -hmm. even 
in like times when I would feel a little bit like nauseous or under the weather, whatever. And people be like, why are you wearing that? Like, what's the purpose? It's just like, y'all are going to thank me when this becomes mandatory months from now. The whole thing was just so insane, but to me it was already like, you know, hella normalized. So I don't understand why for most people it was just like this new thing of like, you know, like why do we have to wear a mask? I can't breathe. It's like people been doing this in Japan for like decades now. Yeah. Come on. So it was not um common to wear a mask back then in United States? Not really. You know, the no. only time you'd really see people do that was like I guess anime cosplayers who wanted to remain anonymous at this face level to where you could only see their eyeballs. Mm, I see. Mm-hmm. Well, so yes, um, I've been there during the pandemic, but it was only for like two to three weeks. And I went back to Japan to finish my high school. After graduating high school in 2023, I came to California in April. And I started to go into language school, which is English school in Santa Barbara mm-hmm. for May to end of June. And I went to the another language in Boston for like a month. Wow. Boston, Massachusetts? Yeah. Okay. And then I came back to California and that journey as a college student here. Mm, okay, so homegirl has been places, that's yeah. for sure. All right, okay, so you're getting around and everything. What would you say it's like living here? Do you ever feel times where you get kind of like homesick or do you think that you've been able to like manage to find the current living situation to be like amicable at most? Um, of course, uh, sometimes I miss Japan since I can't not really get Japanese food. As much as I want it, and it's really expensive, especially sushi. Mm-hmm. But thanks to the technology, I can call with my family and my friends every day, so I can manage that. And what is it like for them, you know, to kind of have their little girl like be all the way over here, like you know, on a brand new adventure and whatnot? Yeah, they're really proud of me. They call me. Almost every night.、Mm, okay, so yeah, you're making it real good out here.、Um, how many classes are you currently taking over here at COD? I'm taking four classes. Whoa. All right. Well, do tell. Come on, Miss Multitasker. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you manage to juggle all that? Which classes are they? And how does that like, kind of go into your sort of like daily workflow?、Um, so currently, I'm taking English, physical geography, radio, TV. And film class. Sometimes those classes are hard, especially for me because I'm an international student. But thankfully, local students are really nice, and I have some Japanese friends as well, so I can get help from them. Ah,、oh, yeah. Big shout out to Nanami and Yumeka from the Fashion Club. Hey. Yay. If y'all are listening. <laughs> so, which class, though, do you find out of the four to be like probably the one that's most easy to navigate out of the four? I would say film, because all we do in the class is watching films. And after class, we write analysis. 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 Yeah, we did that a few times when,、um, when I was taking film. Who's your film professor? Professor Gort. Oh, okay. You dodged a bullet there. We won't say <laughs> names, but let's just say the last prof- professor that I had.、Um, yeah, that, that was an experience. So, frankly, I think you got really lucky with that one because if the whole departments are 
then <laughs> it's best important that you have some really good instructors as well to kind of go along with said curriculum. And yeah, that can be pretty time consuming as well. You're taking a film class like at nighttime, correct? Oh, actually, I'm taking it on the Friday. Okay, that's Friday afternoon, morning? Morning. Okay, oh, well, yeah. See, now why didn't they do that with mine? <laughs> I'm like wondering because by the time people take night classes, it's like, girl, we're all hell exhausted here. Come oh, on. Yeah. I think that's something that they definitely need to change up in their <laughs> curriculum at the most is kind of just making sure that it's a time frame that works for almost any and everyone. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. How are you liking, though, our humble campus radio station? So you mean here? Yes. Oh, so do I like it? Yeah. What you think of it? It's really cool. I've never experienced like this before at all so like the first time i've seen like this mics and the this thingy um i was like oh my god i'll be professional and i was so excited and i, I am excited right now ah it's an exciting experience indeed i cannot tell you like you know what a blessing it is to be working in like an environment such as this because People always said that I had like a voice for radio, but I never knew like where to find the opportunities per se. And truth be told, I really have to thank y'all for like, you know, like Japan for actually kind of realizing that radio might actually be a really good field to work in because most of the seiyus from Aidorimasta have actually had their own like radio programs before. Mm. They would air them weekly. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. No, sometimes it was like a, a weekday type of thing. Other times it would be like a weekly thing. And this was like at the time when for Japanese radio in particular, it was making the transition from like actual terrestrial radio and stuff that could be streamed online via Nico Nico Doga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was really exciting. I've always wanted to follow in the footsteps of Imae Asami, Takahashi Chiaki, you know? <laughs> Those, like, sort of, like, fantastic icons. And just to be here doing that, it's like, yeah, that, that's really where it all started. People would be like, who's your inspiration for radio? I would name names. People would be like, who? It's like, if you know, you know. <laughs> so there is that for sure. What sort of ignited your interest to take a radio broadcasting class? Was it something that was, like you know, considered to you to be an elective or did it pique your interest somehow? Um, so I'm currently majoring in film, TV, electronic media. Ah, yes. So this class was like required. Okay. And there are, there are some other classes that required, but this class got my attention because I've never experienced like this before. And I was like, oh, I should get this opportunity because it, it sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's a really fun experience. Would you ever see yourself also taking something like, say, I don't know, theater? Yeah. Um, Big ups to Janet Miller, if you're listening. Hey, professor. You know, got your next actress right here. <laughs> so I'm more interested in, like, cinema photography. Right, like the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, exactly. No, I get that. I want to get back into theater so bad, but, girl, I got the worst stage fright in the world. So oh, really? I definitely don't blame you for that. Like when it comes to acting, if I could see myself doing some type of acting, it would probably just be voice acting. Mm. You know, say you like yeah. like actual acting on screen. It's we still got a long way to go on that one. So behind the scenes work can be something that's very like, you know, not only super duper productive, but also very rewarding as well. Mm -hmm. What do you see yourself doing 10 years from now? The Honaka now compared <laughs> to, you know, Honaka ga mirai. <laughs> I actually am not sure, but I think 
I see myself in Japan working. I want to experience working in the United States, but in 10 years, I feel like I'm back in Japan and working as like cameraman or businesswoman. I could definitely see you on the, you know, sort of like type of thing of being a producer. Mm, really? A producer, a writer, head consultant, you know, <laughs> for television program, whether it be, I don't know, variety show, news hour,、mm. anything of that sort. I could definitely see that. And, you know, there are a lot of amazing opportunities for Asian Americans in Southern California in particular, you know, who wish to kind of pursue those fields of interest. Yeah, you definitely got like a lot going for you for sure. Yeah, hopefully. Absolutely. <laughs> How familiar are you, you know, with the sort of like area of Japanese anime? Did you ever grow up watching it? Actually, I'm not, which is sad, but because、um, a lot of my American friends. Are watching anime more than me, and I, wanna, I wanted to talk about it because I'm Japanese. <laughs> no, but you're good though, because see, even being like a hardcore weeaboo, weeb otaku myself, it's like I always have to remind myself that not everything in Japan is like skewed around like the anime culture, even though that is like a very important part of like. The legacy and kind of, in my opinion, what really helped, you know, Japan and America historically to kind of like mend their fences and stuff like that. At least for me, I don't know, real history people might be listening to this and say,、oh, it was more than that, but it's like, girl, tough titty. No, but、um, I guess as far as like television, what were some of your interests like growing up, if you could like remember far back? Anything on TV Tokyo or BS1, TBS? <laughs> Not to be confused with the TBS over here, because I'm sorry, American TBS, y'all got nothing on Tokyo Broadcasting <laughs> System. That's funny. I don't know if you know, but、um, this variety show called Itekyu is, is one of my favorite shows. Yeah, I know what that is. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah, that's one of my favorite shows. It's really fun to watch. Other than that, I liked Purikua. You know? <gasps> Purikua? Yeah. <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay, because like I was going to say, you know. And it's not at all in a bad way, but it's kind of like, even if you don't know anime, it's like everybody's got to at least know one. That's for <laughs> sure. Know something. So, Purikua. Yeah. Ooh, remind us to play some Wonder Wonder Yata after this. That's one of the Purikua ending songs. Arigato and ai shiteru. Atara hajimaru ai kotoba. Anyway, we're not getting into karaoke just yet, listeners. But, okay, so Purikua, what else? It's a movie, but your name. <gasps> yes. 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 Yeah, they showed that in the movies a couple times, like over here when they would、oh, yeah. have like those special screenings. They usually tend to have a lot of those over here for,、um, I believe it's called Fathom Events. And most of the time they tend to do that with、uh, Miyazaki films.、Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,、um, I have one anime that I grew up watching it is Death Note. <gasps> okay. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> you just, yes. Yes. Okay. Because, yeah, I love Death Note. You know, all the characters, like from L to Misa Misa, because that's what really ignited my interest in the sort of Gothic Lolita subculture.、Mm. Just the fashion in general. Like, you know, the storyline was really awesome. Death Note is something that I would actually highly recommend to people who may not be familiar with anime, because I definitely think the storyline. Really speaks for itself. And、yeah. it's something that I would say is on a similar level to the American crime dramas that we have over here, like Law and Order SVU, CSI Miami, Criminal Minds, just to name a few. 
Have you watched any of the live action adaptations of Death Note? There's quite a few actually. Um, yes, I think I've watched the movie of Death Note before. The first one? I think so. Okay. No, it's okay. Like there's so many at this rate. Oh, yeah. Apparently there's even a K drama now. I'm like, oh god, how oh. many more are they gonna make? Oh, that's not a bad thing. I love K dramas, you know. Um, as a matter of fact, a lot of on the particular variety show that you had mentioned earlier, they would usually bring in a lot of K pop idols to kind of come over there to promote their Japanese works. Mm. They did that with Girls Generation, Red Velvet, The Wonder Girls, and Blackpink. Oh yeah. So it's really awesome, and it goes to show that actually, well, I don't know, people might have like sort of a skewed view on it, but to me personally, at least for maybe some of the more like youth-oriented cultures, the relationship between Japan and South Korea, it doesn't seem to be that bad if they can find like sort of commonalities in different things, right? Like music and the arts. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Japanese people really love Korean, like K-pop-wise. And personal wise, since it's really close, it close to each other, and the K-pop is really loved in Japan. Yeah, that's good to know because a lot every Japanese student that I've ever talked to here on campus, whenever I've done like my DJ sets and stuff, they're always requesting K-pop songs. <laughs> they're like, you know, can you play some Blackpink? Can you play New Jeans? I'm like, oh, y'all know this? Okay. <laughs> so it was really awesome. In fact, remind us to also play Blackpink's Japanese version of How You Like That, because I'm not gonna lie to you, girl. Um, when it comes to K-pop music, because since I don't speak Korean myself, most of the time I actually find myself listening to the Japanese versions of the songs that they had already done. So it's the same thing even with BTS. Like, oh yeah, if you put on Fake Love, it's like, yeah, I don't know the original version like that. So it's like I need the Japanese one. Yeah, I do listen to the Japanese versions more. Of Lovesick Girls, Pretty Savage, yeah. How You Like That, just to name a few. And hopefully they'll come out with more soon because I don't know what it is. Like, you know, they probably have some real good, like, language coaches or whatever behind the scenes. But they got the pronunciation on point. Yeah, like, they, they can speak well and they can sing well. I don't know how, like, I see a lot of K-pop idols speaking Japanese, like, fluently. I, and I was so fascinated by that. I think a lot of that already has to do with the fact that most of them already kind of grew up, you know, being a little bit multilingual as is anyway. So, for mm -hmm. example, Rosé from Blackpink, I want to say she's actually like half Australian. Oh, so yeah. when she speaks English, that's why you hear a little bit of an accent. When they came over here to Coachella Blackpink, they were, you know, super interactive with the audience and just like speaking to them fluently. Oh, and with Girls' Generation, Tiffany. Yeah, oh, she, yeah. She, she's from here. She's from Long Beach. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. So I think every kind of like K-pop girl group definitely has like someone in there that is able to kind of be the spokesperson, the international ambassador, what have you. It's a very beautiful thing that I love to see. Because yeah. as a kid, I was always given the impression that, oh, y'all don't like each other for real. But it's like that couldn't be further from the truth in the sense of the artistic side of things, you know, especially with anime, K-dramas, K-pop. There's all the commonalities about it. And I happen to really love that. And I mean, it's no surprise, obviously, because when you see like the different anime shops and K-pop stores that they have at like the malls, they usually tend to carry like the same type of merchandise. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. All the different like Hello Kitty Sanrio items, you know, it's like, see, there, there's something there. <laughs> there has to be always. Yeah. When I took um, 
the Japanese class over here at COD with um, Claudia Sensei. Big ups to Claudia Sensei if you're listening. One of our final presentations that we had to do was a slideshow on Japanese culture, and I did mine on the world of Japanese fashion. Ooh. Yeah, so it talked a lot about Harajuku, Shinjuku, like those stylish type of locations and the different styles that they have. So like Gothic Lolita, Visual K. Um, are you at all familiar with the Gyaru subculture? Yes, Gyaru subculture is like from decades ago, I mean. But it's coming that, I mean, the trend is Gyaru right now in Japan. So we sometimes do like the pose what Gyaru do. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The peace sign. <laughs> yeah, the TikTok is Gyaru trend right now. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see that it's still around. Um, I didn't really want to ask this, but I guess, you know, because I mean, well, because you said the 2010s, but it has been around since the 2000s, like even a little bit before. But um, yeah. I also just kind of wanted to get your views because I also did beg this question as well to the Japanese class that I took. And it was a very intellectually stimulating conversation from their end so in regards to i don't think it's really being done too much now thank god but back then there was a lot of excessive tanning involved oh yeah with the getter subculture and how they would purposely darken their skin a lot of the times sometimes a little bit too much to the extreme and that aspect of it never really sat right with me because if that was to be like taken out of context in like a modern day type of sense that would be kind of looked at as like you know a sort of form of cultural appropriation i guess i wanted to know like what were your what are your sort of like thoughts on that do you think that the gatter subculture has like kind of changed for the better at least now that it's not being done so much to the extreme now maybe i don't i'm not really sure about like what they were really trying to do but um their skin tone was really dark because they're tanned compared to right now it's really changed because of k-pop like especially for women well, it's not even just about like you know like colorism or anything like that but it's just about you know making sure to embrace your natural tone and just being careful with it because even apart from the whole like you know racism accusations it's like people got to take good care of their skin because you don't know what's in those products that it could cause like long-term health effects you True. know I feel like, you know, nowadays it's probably not that big a deal because at least with the Gyatter subculture now, it's not being done like that much. And with all due respect, like it's not your guys' fault at all. It's just that the whole like sort of conversation about race, it's never really been a big thing over there as it is like over here now. No. Claudia Sensei thankfully was very receptive to that and was actually saying that, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, there are certain times where we do need to be careful with the way that things are represented. And we even got into this whole thing as well because another presenter also did a thing comparing and contrasting the Japanese Yakuza mm -hmm. with the Mexican cartel. Ooh. I'm surprised they also didn't include the Italian mafia in there because <laughs> all of that it's like a big thing, isn't it? Even in Japan, some areas are like, yeah, sometimes you gotta be careful with it. And she brought that up because she was saying how, like, you know, not every person in the Yakuza is dangerous like that. Sometimes they'll help you fix your car. Sometimes they'll, you know, oh, yeah. 
help you look for directions. We had a very interesting conversation also, you know, a couple episodes ago with the amazing Mateus Garone, who also works at the station, when we were talking about Italian-American representation in the media, when we were discussing the TV show Sopranos and how it kind of went into this whole thing of why does the mafia exist? Because on one hand, it's like, yeah, you do have police and stuff like that. But since the police are kind of viewed in a not so good light as of these recent decades, it's almost like, if you're a part of something, you could kind of take action into your own hands. And not every person involved with that is, of course, bad, because I would imagine even, you know, in the Yakuza particularly, it's like they're all about protecting their family and sort of like reinstating those sort of like traditional values of like, you know, honor, respect, and just keeping your family safe. Would you, you know, say that's correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. So big ups to all our Yakuza swordsmen out there. Aishteru, we love y'all for keeping us safe. And so I want to thank you so much for, you know, being like kind of honest about all this. And of course. Being very receptive as well, because I find myself getting a little nervous to ask certain questions sometimes <laughs> because American social issues are not considered to be like that big a deal internationally at times. And so it's always a very like interesting moment when you kind of get to hear from another person's perspective of like how certain things are viewed with that being said would you like to give any final remarks before we sign off Thank you so much for tuning in right here on COD Roadrunner Radio. Your music, your voice, your station. Sereja, matane.